Yo, I think we just had probably the dopest interview so far that we've had on the mandatory. Delonte Tiger Johnson was really, really charitable with his time. Um, it was a lot of fun to talk about just various other welterweights he sparred, various super lightweights he thinks he would uh, whoop their ass. And just his, you know, up and coming, you know, from Cleveland, how COVID affected his amateur and pro career and others as well. And just showing the love that he had for his Olympic teammates, which is, I mean, that Olympic team is stacked. We had Troy yeah. Isley on the show who was on, who was on that Olympic team. We hope to have a couple others, but yeah, Tiger Johnson was great. Yeah. And you know what? He's probably one of the, and I get to this, one of the most exciting prospects that top rank is really pushing right now. And the thing that you'll see in this interview or you'll hear in this interview is this guy's confidence. This kid has got the confidence. That's what you kind of want to see in boxing. That's what you want to hear. And I think Tiger Johnson has that. Uh, before we get into the interview, make sure to like and subscribe. Also, if you have a couple of minutes, leave a rate and review. But a really good one here with Delonte Tiger Johnson. We get into it. And if you have any comments on this episode, make sure to drop them in the YouTube section or hit us up on our social media platforms, and you'll see below the ways that you can connect with us. And you know what? Let's get right into it. Here's Tiger Johnson. And we're back with the mandatory shout out to our partners, Fight Hype and Fan Sighted. And if you like the video content, make sure you like and subscribe. We got a very special guest today and he goes by the name Tiger Johnson as an amateur. He won gold at the 2016 Youth World Championships, bronze at the 2019 Pan American Games. He repped the U.S. at the 2020 Summer Games, went all the way to the quarterfinals. 7-0, five of those wins coming by way of knockout. And he's one of Top Rank's most exciting prospects in the game right now. I'm talking about none other than Tiger Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I know, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit early here on the West Coast, but honestly, this was an interview that we were excited to have you on. So thanks so much for uh, joining us this morning. Oh, thank you. My, my mic was muted. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, look, at least it sounds good. The audio quality is crisp so far. I just also want to point out Chantel said West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, so we're doing this from different parts of the world. And Delonte, you are currently where right now? In, in, uh, in I'm in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Hometown, right? Yeah. All right, I have a I have a LeBron question for you. I was going to save this for the end, but I actually want to throw this at you right now. Um, your feeling as a kid when he left Cleveland was what? Uh, for real, for real, I won't even I won't even too upset. I mean, I knew he was going to leave. I mean, <laughs> he was doing. I mean, he was doing bad. So I mean, I had a feeling he was going to leave. So when when he left, when he made that announcement, I was just I wasn't surprised. I was just like. I mean, I told y'all he was going to leave. Was you were he... excited when he came back? Yeah, I was happy when he came back. I knew he was going to get a championship when he came back. Was he, like, your favorite player growing up, though, being from Cleveland? Yeah, yeah, he was He was for sure my favorite. Um, LeBron, um, D. Rose, um, who else? Uh, you know Kobe, but yeah. for sure LeBron, yeah. But now, I, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie, my favorite player. 
<laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he does some big things in Dallas uh, with Luca. Brian, not so much. I don't know if he's a he's a big Kyrie guy. Um, but it's another story for another day. <laughs> um, I want to stick with Cleveland though, because obviously Cleveland, you know, they got a pretty good. I'm not tight, quite sure. Um, if you grew up on them, of course, but both Thugs and Harmony is from Cleveland. They're from the yeah. Midwest. What were you bumping in, you know, on your iPod or on your phone growing up? <laughs> Bone was for sure one of them, but, uh, mm. um, I listen, I, li I listen to a lot of old music anyways. You know what I mean? So I listen to new music and old music. So it's pretty much just mixed in, but you know, Bone Thugs for sure. Um, you know, Mob Deep. You know, Biggie, Nas, Tupac. There we go. 50, you know, Jay-Z, um, you know, Wu-Tang. I listen to a lot of old music. That's the good music, so I'm with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you um, Obviously, I know Cleveland, you know, uh, some of the parts are pretty rough, but what was it like for you growing up in Cleveland? Um, well, you know, um, just like, you know, Pretty much any other story, you know, um, came up under, you know, unfortunate circumstances, um, mm. you know, real poor, you know, getting out the mud, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, you know, it was tough. You know, I got put in boxing because I was fighting a lot. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, Cleveland. Cleveland is a, is a rough city. It's, it's, it's a city where it's like you, you have, it's like you have no choice but to make it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like you gotta, you gotta make it, whatever, like. It's, just, it's one of those cities where, like, whatever it is you're trying to do, like, especially, like, in sports, it's like you have to make it to get out of, to you know, to, you know, get out of the situation in Cleveland. So we were actually going to get into this. What led you into boxing? You kind of just touched on it now, like, just, you know, your situation. But, like, what were the specific things? Because you mentioned that you were fighting, be it in school or whatnot. What were the specific things that led you into boxing and, like, what – were the moments where you started to really take it seriously as like, hey, this is something I could turn into a career? Uh, well, boxing, um, it's a family thing on my father's side. You know, like all my uncles and cousins, they uh, they was boxers, professionals, you know. And originally my dad was going to put me in at age 10, but he put me in early because I was fighting in school and, you know, always fighting outside. You know, um, the neighborhood that – we was that I, that we was growing up in is like I was I was surrounded by older kids, so and I was real small for my age, so it was like I was just constantly fighting. You know the school that I went to, you know it was from kindergarten to eighth grade. I was constantly fighting. You know on the way to school, after school, in school, so it was just, you know. So he put me in at age seven, and in the beginning I didn't really like it. In the beginning, you know I didn't like getting punched, but um. I was a fast learner, you know. I started in mm. the gym where it was other kids that was already there that had more experience than me. It was older kids there, you know. We had a um, 2008 Olympian, uh, Raynell Williams. He went to the Olympics in um, Beijing. So it um it was it was a gym full of national champions when I when I first came along. You know what I mean? And um, I was a fast learner, and probably like after my first fight, that's when I you know that's that's when like you know um. I realized, like, you know, this is something I could I could do. You know what I mean? Obviously, you just mentioned, you know, after your first fight, you were 
you knew this could kind of be something that you could do professionally. You mentioned the Olympics. What was it like for you to kind of rep your country at the 2020 Summer Olympics? I ain't gonna lie, it was a, it was a uh, it was a dream come true. You know, um, it's been a, it's been a dream in my mind of of going to the Olympics since I was you know 10 years old. Ever since I seen Raynell go to the Olympics, that was like that's that became my dream. So that was like my number one goal, man. Get to the Olympics, and then you know get signed to you know to a promoter. You know what I mean? But it was for sure a, a dream come true, and it was. I'm glad we was able to make it happen, even during like you know after COVID happened. You know we was able to make it happen because we we was like when COVID first hit the scene, it was kind of, it was like it was like the worst time ever. You know what I mean? Like we was getting ready for uh so no, so for the Olympics and boxing, you gotta win the Olympic trials. You know, and then you go to um, Continentals to qualify for the Olympics. You know what I mean? Right. So at that time, after the after the trials, we was getting ready for Continentals. And probably like two weeks before it was time to go, like we did a whole training camp in Colorado. Like we did a whole training camp, training real hard. Two weeks, two weeks uh out, we um they sent in like doctors, like from they sent in like doctors from like overseas. They came in, we had a meeting, and there was like it's a disease going around, you know. This ha that's happening like in China, and there was like uh, there was like um, we have to be careful, you know, be you know, make sure we washing our hands, and you know, we, it was like a real big emergency meeting, and they were saying like potentially the Continentals gonna get pushed back because of this disease, and right like literally like that next day later <laughs> the, the shutdown came, <laughs> so we were just like dang, so we were stuck in Colorado for like a good week, wow. you know what I mean. We was, we was stuck in Colorado for, for, for a couple of days and we was just like going through it, man. Like we didn't know what was going to happen. Like we thought it was going to wear off or whatever. So once we found out that they were shutting airports and stuff down, then that's when they sent us home to our family. And that was like, that was the start of COVID, you know? And, um, you know, we, we didn't really know what to do for real. You know, we was having meetings with our team manager. He, he didn't really know what to say. He was just saying like, you know, we just going to, keep hope alive, you know, hopefully COVID wears down and, you know, they don't, they don't cancel the Olympics or postpone it. Then it went from that to saying, uh, it was rumored saying that the Olympics won't get canceled. You know what I mean? So that yeah. whole 20, that whole 2020, that whole first half of the 2020, we was just like, man, it's a wrap, man. Like, so we was just thinking about like, man, we might as well just go pro or just move on. You know what I mean? And, it was it was a, it was a it was a huge roller coaster that year because we we didn't really know what to do so you know um, by the grace of God man you know we we was able to still qualify so um, towards the end of that year you know COVID started to wear down towards the end of 2020 so then that's when they um, the guys that was, that I was on the team uh, my the whole team we all we had points we all had international points already we was all ranked in our weight classes. So what they did was instead of instead of going by continentals, they just went by the rankings and we qualified that way. So we are we always ranked in our weight classes and we qualified by being ranked, pretty much. You know what I mean? And that's when we got and that's how we qualified for the Olympics. So once that happened, you know, it was it was up. Yeah, I'm glad I'm, that you 
got to live out your dream and actually get to do that. Uh, one question I want to ask you, because obviously like COVID was different for, for everybody, right? What was one thing that you learned about yourself during that time? Man, um, I, ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Probably like just being like, just being stuck in one area. You know what I mean? Like just, just, just the whole, you know, the whole, like you go outside and it's, it's a hundred different rules. You know what I mean? Like you can't even like at that time you couldn't even, you couldn't even go inside restaurants. You couldn't order no food. So everything was just basically just patience, man. Like I ain't, I ain't had no patience. Like I was, I was, go, I was going through it, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was going through it. Well, I, we haven't, I don't think people have done a good enough job covering what like how boxing was affected during that period like you even go on box rec and you'll look at there are like no fights between march and like june damn near around the world not even just in america so yeah. and being an amateur at that time like what were the effects that covid not just the disease right but like all the effects it had and shutting shit down and then making fights harder to make and you know it pushed back your pro debut. I would imagine because you had to turn pro in late 2021 as opposed to late 2020. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know all, your whole Olympic team. You know, you guys had to wait that extra year, basically. So, like, how were the effects of COVID, just from a boxer's perspective? I guess from you know you from your perspective and just talking to the guys around you and how that affected you guys. Man, it was just. I mean, it, it it affected us a lot, man. Like, they was even doing stuff like having, like, guest speakers try to motivate us come in and motivate us. Like, they had Sean Porter uh, come in one time, like, as a guest speaker. Then they had Andre Ward. Um, I want to say they had Clarissa. Mm. I can't remember if they had Clarissa. I think, no, I think the, I think Clarissa came in for the girls. Mm. But, um, yeah, you know, they would, and um, Jamil Herring, I think he came in before, too. But, um. Yeah, man, they were just doing our best to just try to motivate us, man. Like, we was at home. We was at home still. Like, for me, I was still at home training. Like, and, you know, at this time, I was living in the projects. You know what I mean? At this time. And it was just, it was, it was you know, it was just a headache. You know what I mean? Like, my main focus was to get out of the projects, you know, get these Olympics over with, turn pro, and, you know, get out the projects. But it was, it was a lot going on. And. Like in Cleveland, like it's it's funny, man, because in Cleveland, COVID was like non-existent. Like nobody cared. You know what oh, I mean? Shit. Like, oh boy. <laughs> so, so it was still like Cleveland was still Cleveland. Like you go outside, you you drive past the shootout. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was like it probably like the city was probably shut down for like a month. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody was back outside. Like I was back outside. Like the gas stations were still open. Like. It was like Cleveland was still Cleveland, you know what I mean? But, you know, of course, I was still, you know, staying out the way and, you know, making sure I was good. But it was still stuff going on outside. Like, it was parties getting thrown. That was like <laughs> people were still partying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because, um, you know, my cousin, it's funny because my cousin is a DJ. So it was times where he had he had get booked to DJ a party and he had me go with him, you know, to like be his, like, his security or you no, know, like just have his back or whatever. And, in the middle of the night, police would come in and just shut the whole place down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was Cleveland, Cleveland, man, it was, it was, people were still outside. But 
as far as like being motivated, man, like it was COVID affected COVID affected boxing a lot, man. Like, and I don't think people really don't really understand that because you got you you had people that was training for world titles, pro. You know what I'm saying? People had pro fights, debuts, like just there's all types of stuff going on, man. And you know, people was getting ready for Golden Gloves. Hmm. You know, just you know what I mean. So. When all that got shut down, it was just like everybody was like kind of like just in limbo. You know what I mean? And um, and I think and and the, and the crazy part was other sports were still happening, but but they but they had the bubble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. basketball. I think yeah, basketball had the bubble thing. Um, let me see. MMA kept going. Yeah, after, MMA after kept a short going. break. Yeah, yeah, and the makeup going, but boxing, man, we came back late. We came back like during the summer. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. And during that whole first half of uh, 2020, man, like we was just stuck in limbo. We didn't know what to do. Like it got to a point where I done went out of town to start training. I went to um, I went to the DMV to train, and then I went to I went to Houston to train. You know what I mean? So I had to, I had to get out of Cleveland, man. You know what I mean? You know, just I had to get out of Cleveland. You know, just to had some type of motivation, man. So I was getting some good work when I when I left out of town. Then, um, you know, uh, that's when that's that's when things started to open back up. Then that's when they started to add it to the boxing uh, bubble. Everybody was yeah. fighting in the bubble and stuff. So once once yeah. we seen that starting to come back, then that's when we you know started to have hope again. You know what I mean? But it was tough. Like even my teammates was going through it. Like we was like we we all you know we all in a group chat. You know, talking like what we gonna do or like what's the plan? You know what I mean? And like we were just like, like man, like man, we might as well go pro or you know, <laughs> so we, might as well, we might as well do this and that. So we was just like, man, dang, man, like. And then it came to a point like, like, it was, it was, it was, it was real bad because me and my teammates, we all came up together. So right. our all our plan was to go to the Olympics. So we was all feeling like, man, we did all this for nothing when we could have turned pro <laughs> five years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like we did a whole Olympic run. Like, I don't think, uh, like, I don't think we had a team. The team that we had, I don't think it was a team like that in a long time because we did an actual Olympic run. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was like literally like we was on the team together for like five years. Yeah. The same team. You know what I mean? So we did a whole Olympic run together, and just for it to get canceled last minute, man, we just felt like man, we just did all this for nothing. Yeah, I mean, you had a really good run at those Olympics, though. And, of course, you got delayed a year in turning pro. But, Tiger, you kept mad busy last year, six fights, you know. And that's definitely what you want to see from a prospect, keep busy. Now, you mentioned, you know, you went to the DMV for training. You went to Houston for training. You got a fight coming up on April 1st. So, you know, obviously, training camp time. Um, tell me. An interesting thing that you mentioned about those past training camps. Who in the past have you sparred with? Um, I sparred a lot of. I, I sparred against a lot of uh, you know great fighters. You know, um, you know I sparred you know Shakur Stevenson in the past. You know Terrence Crawford. Um, you know Virgil Ortiz, um, Brian Castano. Um, you know Terrell Goucher. Um, who else? Uh, I sparred. Uh, you know. Boost Ennis, um, you know, um, I sparred, you know, I, I sparred, I sparred a lot of great fighters, you know, and um, it helped, it helped me stay motivated, you know. 
All right, let's. I want to. There's you threw a bunch of names at us that are very interesting. Uh, I I want to seize on two first. There's Boots Ennis and Virgil Ortiz. The reason being that they're around your age group and also at the top of the division now because they turned pro, you know, much earlier than you did. You had the Olympic run, but like these are two guys that you may have to see at some point if you're going to be a welterweight champion. Obviously, right. how did those sessions go? What could you tell us about that? And you know, how did you feel like you measured up? You know, when sparring with you know two guys, one of whom is an interim champion in Boots Ennis, and then Virgil Ortiz, who's about to fight for a WBA uh, title in April. Well, last year, uh, the beginning of last year, actually around the same time, probably like yeah, this, around the same time, uh, I had went to LA to um, I was in Terrell Grouchet's uh, training camp, and um, actually around this time, you know, you know, the All Star Weekend was in Cleveland last year. So, um, right before the All Star Weekend came, Terrell had got a fight. He had he had got um a date, and my um uh, one of my coaches, uh PJ Prentice Bureau, he was going out there to help train Terrell, and he was like, "Man, you might as well just come, man, and get some work." And I'm like, "No, nah, man, you know it's All Star Weekend. I'm trying to, you know, what I'm saying like they coming to Cleveland. <laughs> I ain't trying to miss this." So he was like, "Man, you like, man, you gonna have a, you gonna have a thousand more All Star weekends, man. Like, man, forget all that. Just come get some work or whatever." So I'm just like, "Man, all right, man." So I ain't up going to LA, and um, I actually sparred the first sparring day. I actually end up sparring Alexis Rocha that Monday, and then you know, um, um, you know, Angel Ruiz, he was there, and then. You know, Virgil, he was getting ready for a fight, but I wasn't part of his – I wasn't his sparring partner. His spar high enough sparring Virgil was like that next week. Um, his sparring partner didn't show up. So they asked me, they was like, you want to get some work with Virgil? I'm like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, that's, that's how that happened. So the first time I sparred him, I think we did like six to eight rounds, I think. And, um, um – yeah, and it was it was it was good work. You know, he real aggressive, he's strong, and he was big. He was big as hell when I sparred him. You know what I mean? Like he was he was he was big as shit. Like he was nowhere near on weight, I'll tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was big as hell. So I pretty much like um pretty much I had to like, you know, just try to just try to keep him on the outside, like keep him from coming in because he's he's real aggressive, you know what I'm saying? He he um you know he uh he, he's real strong. He comes in. He, he's good at you know throwing body shots. You know what I mean? Just you know um so after that um after that uh I, I go to the corner. PJ like man, you gotta you gotta learn how to like this is the time to learn how to um you know be in the trenches like just being in the pocket and stuff like that. So you gotta learn how to like this is the time to to learn. You know what I mean? And um I'm just like dang. So after that after I sparred Virgil. Then that's when I was like, man, I might just end up starting at 140. You know what I mean? Because you know, really? I sparred, I sparred three 147s there, and they was huge. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Like they was, they was like huge compared to me. And the crazy part was, like, I was taller than all three of them, but they was just big. You know what I mean? Like they was just yeah. big. So I'm just like, dang. So I'm like, man, I might just. That's that's not considered. Like, man, I might just start at 140 and then develop. You know, get bigger, then go, get, then get to forty-seven. You know what I mean? So that's when I kind of like made my had my uh, mind made up that I was gonna start at one forty. So and Virgil, then, so Virgil Ortiz almost changed your mind, like in terms of like 
going down to 140 to start because he was so yeah, big. man, dude. Like that was because Virgil was the last 147 I sparred at that camp. So after Virgil, that was like the icing on the cake. I'm like, man, these 47s is big, man. Because like, I fought, because I fought, I fought 152 as an amateur, and it's like a, it's, it was way different. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I was big at 152. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Like so, PJ told me he was like, "Man, this pro game different, man. You got dudes coming down from like 180, 190 trying to get to forty seven, man." So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dang, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? So after I sparred Virgil, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I might just, <laughs> I might just start at one forty. But the crazy part was, Virgil, he's a top one forty seven. So so let's say if I did stay at one forty seven, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been fighting people. I, I would have been big still, you know what I mean? But once it's mm-hmm. time to start fighting in the rankings and stuff like that, then that's when you run into guys that's big, you know what I mean? Like, guys like Virgil or Boots or, you know, other 47s that's real big, you know what I mean? So, starting off, I wouldn't have had a problem at 47, but, you know, I was just like, man, you know, I'm going to just, you know, do my thing at 140, then, you know what I'm saying, then move up to 47. And then with Boots, uh, what was, like, how did that come together and what was that exact? session like and was he somebody else who was big at the time you sparred him uh i ain't no sparring boots um for my last fight um uh, which was in december um i fought back to back i had fought on halloween and then like right after that fight they told me um they asked me they was like um they's like we want you on the card on heisman night so i'm like hell yeah you know, you know what i'm saying going back to new york on top of that and it was at the uh the big room and at the garden so i'm like hell yeah so um I pretty much jumped jump right back into training camp as soon as I got home from my last fight. And we probably had, like, you know, like two, three weeks. It was like three weeks, you know what I mean? So, to train. And um, for my last week, we just went to Philly, man. Um, my coach, Sappho, he called Bozy. It was like, man, you know, we want to come down for a week, man, try to just get some work, you know what I mean? So, that's what we ended up doing. So, I sparred boots. And he was big as hell, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then especially, like, huge compared to me because I was losing weight. I had a fight. You know what I mean? So I'm already, I'm, I'm dropping weight. I'm yeah. only like 50. You feel me? So he was, you know, he was, he was huge when I sparred him. So um, I think me and Boost did like, yeah, it was like six to eight rounds. We did like six to eight rounds because we had, we, we did. It was like a rotation. So I think I did. I went straight with boots, like six to eight rounds, and then I sparred somebody else. But What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Uh. Yeah, don't worry, Tyler. You can talk your shit, but <laughs> I, 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 I like that you're, of course, being humble. Um, you know, um, going back to um, Shakur Stevenson, um, you know, he's a guy that, of course, right now is probably one of the biggest names coming out a top rank and like, you know, he's getting more known to the casual fans. What was one takeaway you had against sparring him? Because he's a guy that's so difficult to also hit at the same time because he's so good defensively. Yeah. I have a sparse of course since we was an Olympic team. So um but at that time, um 
I, I was he used to come to our camps a lot, so I was like one of his sparring partners um, when he was getting ready for fights. But sponsor core man was like is is real challenging because you know, you know he's hard to hit, and he's what what, what makes the core what makes the core so so good that he he's good at his his distance. He's real good at range. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what that that's what makes him real, you know, real hard to real hard to adjust to because he's real good at range. You know, he knows his range real well. You know what I mean? And he has good reflexes. So, um, sponsor core was like it. De it definitely helped me out a lot. You know, getting 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 me ready for tournaments like overseas and stuff like that. So, so core was like he he always been like a um, a good spawn partner. Do you think uh, Shakur is somebody that could eventually find himself at welterweight? At forty seven, uh, I I could see him at forty seven, but I don't. I feel like that'd be like the end of his career, in my opinion. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I could yeah. see him fighting at forty seven. And you think he'd hold up well, even given like because you know it it's happened before. Like we've seen guys start off at like super featherweight, like Oscar De La Hoya, and then end up at welterweight. Um, you know Floyd Mayweather started off light. Is that is that a trajectory that you could see for him and him also excelling at, despite you know being now at one thirty five and then eventually, you know, jumping up two weight classes? Yeah, I mean, cause Shakur has real good. He has a real good boxing IQ. You know what I'm saying? He's real smart in the ring. You know what I mean? And you know, like he 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 got the talent. He got the skills to do it. You know what I mean? Like I mean, look at Floyd and look at Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao five four went from you know what I'm saying. Manny Pacquiao five four went from went from what a hundred and nine pounds to all the way to one fifty four. You feel me? Yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I mean, it just takes. You know, it 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 takes it takes talent to do that. You know what I mean? Like, or look at it like this: Canelo. You know, Canelo went from yeah. what one sixty. Well, he fought Floyd at what one fifty five. I think he I think he started off at one forty seven. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Oh, you know what I mean? He went from one forty seven all the way up to one seventy five. You know what I right. mean? Right. So <laughs> yeah. It, it takes it takes talent to do that. You know what I mean? And Canelo like five 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 six. You know what I mean? He's a he's a, <laughs> he's a short guy. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it takes. It takes it takes talent to do that, you know what I mean? Like Floyd, you know, Floyd is a little guy, what, five seven, you know what I mean? He he went from featherweight to fifty-four, you know what I mean? So it just takes talent, man, and just you know, just knowing what you're doing in the ring, you feel me? Um so I could I could see Shakur being at forty seven. One more question for you. Um, because we mentioned some of the top welterweights and you sparred like a handful of them, right? When and Terrence Crawford is another one that we could touch on, but you know, Errol Spence and Boots Ennis and Virgil Ortiz, like just these are some of the names that you're going to be running into probably in a couple years, you know, once you continue your development, especially at the rate you're doing it, right? How do you feel like you're going to eventually stack up with them and potentially other welterweights like as you move forward? Because you've already been in the ring with some of these guys and I know you're planning on getting better. Some of them are probably going to get it better from now till whenever that comes. Right. How do you feel like you're going to stack up with that group in the future? Uh, by the by the time I get, you know, by the time I'm up, I get to the where like you know it's time to you know fight guys like that. I'm gonna be like it's gonna be a whole different story for me. Like you know what I mean? Like y'all gonna see a whole. It's gonna be Tiger 2.0. You feel me? Like mm. like and my whole plan is like I'm at 140 now, so my plan is to do my thing at 140 and like me like honestly like man, it's guys that's in the rankings man that I would 
I would smoke. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's guys in the one forty division. Like, like last night. Um, I don't know if y'all watched it, but Matias. Yeah. Oh, we man. saw it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Puerto Rican. I watched that fight. <laughs> man, look, man, look. It's a lot of guys at one forty that I feel like, man, like, man, the next two years, a year or two, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, them belts coming with me. You know what I mean? And mm. it's a lot of guys like that. I don't see like it's a, it's a lot of guys in one forty that has a lot of hype and you know um you know that they 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 hyping up and it's like man like you know I I get them out of there you know what I mean it's guys that I would fight now that's in that's that's they that's up there you know what I mean this is why I was talking about Tiger talk your talk your shit so who at one forty would you like to see um I only have like a idea nobody at 140 like, i only um like i just i just do my i just do my my homework on on the weight class but i don't really have my eyes set on just one fighter you know what i mean like it's just a it's a it's it's just a handful of fighters man that i could just see like man i'll fight him right now if i wanted to but uh <laughs> if i could think of if i could think of one man i'd probably say uh It's been a lot of 140 fights too. Um It's a stacked division for sure. Yeah, it is. It's a it's it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's for sure stacked. I can't even really think of one, man, but um damn. I can't even th really think of one for real. Probably uh Man, I have no idea, man. <laughs> I have no I have no I'm on idea, the edge man. of my seat waiting to see who you're gonna say. <laughs> I have I have no idea, man. If I if I, I throw if I throw I, names I at you, if I throw names at you, is that cool? Like Yeah, that'd be, be able... better if you just if you just do some names. Like I, I I'll be able to answer. All right, so we saw Subriel Matias win last night on Showtime. I, I assume you 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 watched that fight because you yeah, brought I, it I up. It, yeah. So I mean your thoughts there? How would you stack up with him potentially? Is he somebody that is one of these guys that you're thinking about? Matias is for sure a good fighter, you know what I mean? But um as I was watching, you know, I seen things that um I, I you know I, I seen the way he fought. So I seen, you know, things where I was like, okay, you know, like the only thing that he has is the experience. You know what I mean? That's the only thing he has in my opinion. But like like skill wise and just you know, just stylistically, like I feel like, you know, that's a fight that I would want to look forward to. Did y'all watch the Rodriguez and Ordorno? Yeah. Yes, we sure did. So that too. Yep. I would I would smoke Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> you I would smoke, smoke Elvis him. Rodriguez. So you want Elvis him. Rodriguez coming up? I was I was smoking. If they if they offered me to fight him this year, I'm I, I would I would be him. What did you see in his game against Joseph Adorno uh that led you to this frame of thinking that like yo, I would smoke this dude if I if I fought him? I mean, I ain't gonna lie, like the first five, probably like the first six rounds, man, it was just they weren't really they weren't doing nothing, you know what I mean? And they was basically <laughs> just they was like real hesitant. Um and I know and I actually know Ordono. Ordono is really a, he's an offensive fighter, you know what I mean? But it just took him it took him too long to adjust to him, you know what I mean? Probably because you know he's a southpaw, but or don't know. It, it took it took him a little minute to adjust to him and really start and really start to open up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. Landed some good shots on him. You know what I mean? But you know, Elvis was you know he, you know he pulled it off. But 
Um, Elvis, like he, uh, he's a real hesitant fighter. You know what I mean? And that's like the worst thing to be like fighting me. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm. it's like, uh, if you, if you real hesitant, like the way he fought last night is the worst way to fight me. You know what I mean? yeah. Me and him fought. I hope he don't fight like that. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's throw some more a couple of names at you. So we're gonna I'm gonna throw a name at you, a guy that's also on the come up like Brandon Lee. How do you think you'd okay. fare against a guy like him? I win. <laughs> I mean, I win, you know what I mean? And you know, Brandon Lee's a good a, a hell of a fighter. You know, he's he's a real good fighter, man. But you know, um well Brandon Lee will got what got like what? Damn near 30 fights now, don't he? Almost, yeah. yeah. 27, 28, something like that. I think it's 27. Yeah, um, you know, he's a he's a real good fighter. You know, I don't – me, like, I don't underestimate nobody. You know what I mean? And anybody they put in front of me, man, it's like – it's a, it's an important task. You know what I mean? I got to do what I got to do. You feel me? But Brandon Lee, like, if that's a fight that, that can that can be made, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking that. Um, Elvis taking that. You know what I mean? So, I mean – I'm I'm here to I'm I'm here to make a statement, you know what I mean? And and if you look at if like if you look at my the my opponents that I had so far compared to like anybody else compared to anybody that's that's that has over twenty fights. My my debut, I fought somebody four and zero with like three knockouts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like then like I've I've been fighting guys that's like like this this guy I'm fighting now, he don't fought Josh Taylor. He don't fought um, um, Ivan Baranchik, you know. Uh, he fought Quinn Randall. You know what I mean? Like the guys that he lost to his top guys. He you know just beat I mean? an undefeated fighter a couple fights ago too. Yeah. I looked it up. He did. Yeah. See, you know what I mean? Like is they not feeding me? They not feeding me no 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 taxi drivers? You know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm I'm getting them out of there. And then look, anybody, any everybody that I. Everybody that I knocked out, right? They those guys never been knocked out before. So I'm knocking out guys that never been knocked out before. You know what I mean? And April first, he hasn't been knocked out, and I'm knocking him out April first. I mean, I definitely think that you're one of the guys at top rank, especially when it comes to the prospects that are must watch television. Every time I see that you have you're on a card, I'm like, okay, Tiger's on gotta watch this uh but that brings us to the mandatory maze tiger we're gonna ask you some rapid fire questions and whatever comes to mind first just let us know your thoughts um your first oh shit moment when you kind of met a boxer um just in passing or in talking um Pernod Whitaker Ooh, what was that like I, I ain't gonna lie, I was I was excited, man. You know what I mean? And I'm still heartbroken, man, that you know he died. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't get a chance to get a picture with him. Cause what happened was we we met we met at the JOs at the Junior Olympics. I was already on the um the Olympic team, but I had like my younger teammates that was fighting the JOs. So he he was like a special me and him was like special guests there. And um Shakur was there too. But uh um I was sitting next to Panera and um, you know, we be chopping it up. I was getting advice from him and everything, but like, I was just like, dang, like this Pernell Whitaker, like that, that's somebody that I like, you know, like I, I watch him all the time. Like he was like, he one of my favorite fighters, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was an amazing moment meeting him, man. I'm just salty, man. I ain't get a chance to get a picture with him. Uh, that's I, actually a good one. 
asked Arnold Barbosa this when he came on, so I'm gonna ask you the same question because I feel like it's a it could potentially be a funny one. What's the wackest song you've heard in the ring of that an opponent came out to that you were like, what the f- what is this? Beethoven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who came out to Beethoven? Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I think I think it's the last time I was in Tulsa, man. Uh, I fought uh, Harry, Harry Gigliotti. Let me look this yeah. up. Yeah, That's... man, he came out to some weird shit, man. I was just like, man, I'm, I got. I feel I got like I remember that. I feel like I remember that a little bit. So when he came out that... to something weird, man. I was just like, wow. Harry um, Gigliotti. This was uh, August 27th in yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, like he he came out to something weird, and I was just like, man. <laughs> like I, I was just like he really came up to that man. It didn't surprise me though, but it was just like I'm just like wow. Well, you so stopped you... him in the fifth round, so uh, yeah, uh, he probably deserved that for playing Beethoven. Yeah. Maybe the way Beethoven like me, was like, good for you. Like in my opinion, I mean, I guess like my in my opinion, I like to listen to music, man. That's gonna that's gonna help me. I mean, that that's that's gonna get me in my mode. You know what I mean? Like, like I can't come out to no song. That's the opposite of what we about to do. Like he came up to Beethoven <laughs> as in like we about to go to a uh you feel me? Like 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 a high school play or something. Like I don't know. All right, so you're fighting April first. Obviously, you're gonna be coming out to a song. Do you kind of know what you might come out to? That I don't know yet. I'm still thinking about it, but um I'm not sure. Do you ever think like yo, I gotta come out to some Cleveland stuff? Yeah, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna save that. I'm a, I'm gonna save that for you know when I get a chance to fight in my city. One mm. time though, come out to thuggish, ruggish bone because yeah, that have, you gotta no come idea. up to that one time. You have no idea the ideas I got for when I fight in Cleveland. Mm. Ooh, okay, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, another one for me, and that that fight you have coming up is also in Oklahoma, uh, for what it's worth. So yeah, all right. What's the what's the I guess the 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 moment where you had inspiring that like maybe it was Virgil Ortiz, maybe it was Boutetis, but like a punch that you took, a specific punch that you took that you were like, oh shit, all right, hold on. Um, I ain't gonna lie, when I sparred Virgil, he caught me. He caught me with a good shot. Um, and I think we was uh we was in close range too. Um. We was, I think he was in the pocket, and he caught me. He caught me with a good shot, but it, it like it, you know, it didn't like it didn't hurt me, but it woke me up. Like, all right, let me. I gotta get on my shit. You feel me? But mm. and same thing with Boots. Um, Boots actually threw like he threw like a whole combination, but I <laughs> I blocked I blocked his slip. I damn near, I damn near got out of the way, but he landed like he landed like the last shot. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I'm like, and, uh, and this was this, this was like right when the right before the bell run. Like um, I was on the move and he kind of was like he was, you know, he was he was being aggressive and he was just he was switching like from right hand to southpaw. And he threw like a he threw like a combo from like the weirdest angle. You know what I mean? It caught me off guard. And I got out the way, but he landed that last shot, and I was like, "Shit!" You know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that that was um. Shit, I sparred I sparred Crawford, man. He he uh 
he caught me. He caught me with a good shot. You know what I mean? And a lot, a lot of people, man, don't realize how strong that man is, man. Troy actually said yeah. the same thing because man, Troy, 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 dude, man. Troy's and a middleweight. I'm bigger than Crawford. Like, I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you know what I mean? But um, when I sparred him, first off, he tricked us. He tricked us, first of all, because we didn't know we were sparring for minutes. And you got to remember, we was in Colorado, too. Mm. So uh, we we ran into Crawford at the mall. We ran into him at the mall. And, uh, you know, we just all, like, we bumped into him. He we all, he all, he knew who he knew who we was and stuff. So we were just like, you know, he just got to talking shit to us. You know what I mean? So we just, we just, you know, we, we, we chopping up with him, you know, just talking shit with him. And then he was like, he was like, man. He walked up to me and was like, "What weight you fight at?" And I'm like, "Shit, 40." I, I was I was fighting 141 at that time, so I'm like, "Shit, 41." And he was like, he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, "Man, pull up and get some work." You know what I mean? I'm we like bet. So we pulled up literally that next morning. I think it was like that next morning we came and got some work with him because that's when he was getting ready to fight. Uh, what's the guy that Pacquiao fought and he got robbed like real bad, man? The um, Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn. He was yeah. getting ready for Jeff Horn at that time. And um, and um, we all did like we all did like five rounds with him each. Like me, Keyshawn, Troy. Um, I think I think uh, Q was there too. Uh, Quentin Randall, I think he was there too. And we all, yeah, he was there. And we all did like four or five rounds with him each. You know what I mean? And um, when I sparred him, he came out right-handed, and it was pretty much like he baited me in on the on the pro style. Like he. That's what I, that's 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 what I had to learn too. I learned like, you know, because you know amateurs, you got that fast pace. You just enter, just throwing punches. You know what I'm saying? He was just entering, just baiting me the whole time. Like you feel me? And he wasn't really doing nothing the first round. He was just letting me get off. You know what I mean? And then that second round came. He turned southpaw, and then just put the pressure on me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It was just, you know what I'm saying? Like he just he just he just hit that switch on me. You feel me? And he caught me. He caught me with a good shot. But it was like times like we was in a clinch. And I try to like, I like I probably like try to like move him, like try to move him around or like grab him, turn him and stuff, man. He want he won't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm like in my head, in my head, I'm like, man, this dude's strong as hell. <laughs> you feel me? But you know, I learned a lot sparring him, man. Like after we finished, man, like, he told me like he told me like I had a, you know I got a real good jab, but you know what I mean? Like, um, and he was just saying like he he just see the he see the potential in me, like as far as like being a great uh, professional, you know what I mean. So it was, right, this, it was, it was fun. All right, so this is my last one for you, um, Tiger. I was calling you by your government before we started doing this episode. How did you get the nickname Tiger? Um, when I was when I was born, um, I had a birthmark, like a, uh, I guess I was like a tiger stripe. So my parents just named me Tiger as a nickname. All right, got you. Pretty simple. Oh, that was that simple. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. My last question, uh, who will be the best fighter, best pro fighter from your Olympic class? Who would be the best? Yes. Me. Okay. One, <laughs> why do you say that? And two, what would be no, your I'm answer just, if, talking, if you could, but, uh, if you could uh, say, if you couldn't say you, if you couldn't say you. Um, I ain't gonna lie, man. We got the, we, we got the, we, in my opinion, I feel like we got the best Olympic class, man, in a long time, man. Like, yeah. Me, Duke, Keyshawn, Troy, Richie. Um Yeah, we, we are we we are like just we animals, man. Like we just it's it's straight it's straight 
a skillful team that we had. You know what I mean? I don't think it's gonna be a team like us for a while. You know what I mean? But um, I ain't gonna lie. Like the 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 path that they got Keyshawn going, I think Keyshawn's gonna be a real champion, man, next year. Um, I can see I can see him being a world champion next year. Uh, same thing with uh, I don't. I mean, they they moving Richie kind of fast. I think. Um, I think uh, I I, I mean, for real, for, I think all of us, man, like next year is will be like a interesting year. But the path that they got Keyshawn going, they moving pretty fast. You know what I mean? So I think I think Keyshawn's gonna be a world champion by next year. All right. Well, we took a lot of your time, Tiger. I'm not going to lie. This is probably like the best interview that we had so far. Um, thank you so much for rocking with us. We appreciate you. And um, I don't know if, if I see you. Are you wearing like a Tiger tee right now? Like, are you wearing some of your merch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So where can we get that? Where can we cop that? And um, are you going to be dropping a link for that pretty soon? I will have a link for it soon. I don't have, I don't have it now, but... Um... Before 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 my fight, I I'll have a link soon. You know. All right. We'll make sure we'll drop it in the description as well. Thank you so much for your time, Tiger. All the best of luck on April first, and uh, we hope to catch up with you after the fight as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.